Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is the host of the Off the Glass podcast, Mr. Zach Ramey. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me again, James. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Excited to be here. Always in, enjoy when I get to be on your show. You do great content. You do great work. We both been at this podcast thing for a little bit now, so I consider us both vets in the game. But thanks for having me. Hey, man, it's always an honor having you. First of all, man, how you feeling? Much better. Um, you know, we were supposed to do this a week ago, but came down, uh, tested positive for uh, COVID and um, was sick probably like the last week. So finally feeling myself again, feeling like I have my strength back, can actually taste things properly again. So definitely feeling much better. Was this your first time getting it? Yeah. Yeah. Finally, after all these, these last couple of <laughs> years, I, I guess it was my turn. Um, <laughs> and to be honest with you, it, it wasn't as bad for me, in my opinion. It was different. That would be my best way of explaining. Like, I've had several bad flus in my life, and I would say those actual flus being sick was worse than COVID, in my opinion. But COVID is different the way it just attacks your whole body. The exhaustion, uh, the, the muscle aches was a little bit different, and it just seems to linger longer to me. But my personal experience and personal opinion the flus I had as far as actually being sick was worse than this. Mm. But one thing that helps you, like, I noticed, like, you work out a lot and you make sure you diet well. So I'm sure that helped a lot as well. Yeah, I, I think it, it it definitely did. It definitely did. I could see why um, our community, for example, was hit so hard by it because of the different categories of health that are not good that we lead in. And I could definitely see because my wife had it, my children had it, but everybody kind of had my wife, especially we all kind of had different symptoms. So that tells me like this was a type of virus that kind of affected you based on what you may have going on with your body, if that that kind of makes sense. But I think uh, definitely working out sometimes twice a day if my schedule allows it. I'm not saying I eat perfect all the time, but just making certain decisions whether there's fruits and vegetables actually juicing we have a juicer and trying to drink plenty of water and different teas i think it definitely helped a lot because we didn't really take any medicine to be honest with you it was mostly just drinking a lot of tea i think i might have had tylenol like the first couple days maybe just to break my fever but other than that it was basically basically uh fruits and vegetables and a lot of tea what about your wife? Is she is she like does she work out and do the diet thing like you do as well? Or? Um, she's getting back into working out. She rides the bike more here at home, kind of working her way into it. But her thing, especially because we live in a really nice neighborhood, was all about walking. Mm -hmm. And with her being a stay at home mom, the weather permitted, sometimes she would get three walks in a day, and then controlling what she eats. Um, I tell people all the time, especially when I'm at the gym, they always want to ask for tips and things. And I said, to be honest with you, it's about 90 to 95% diet. Like physiques I made in the kitchen, uh, the weight room kind of just tones everything up and, you know, you work your cardio and those kind of things, but it's mainly what you eat. And I know her not even really going to the gym, just walking every day, but really controlling her diet. She lost almost 40 pounds wow. in the last year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. So wow, you you said she's a, so she's a stay at home mom. That's that's actually I'm sure you know that's rare in this day and age. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, we kind of talked about it when we got married that we wanted somebody to be at home in some capacity, but we didn't think it would be kind of like the way we got to it. It kind of just happened that way. Cause she's somebody that's college educated master's degree. The goal was for her to try to become like a professor in like the p- political science field, whether it's the junior college level or the major university level, that way you can kind of set up your own schedule, still be at home with the children, work with the children. Cause we wanted to homeschool. But when she got pregnant with my son, who is now six, uh, it was kind of a rough pregnancy. And I told her, you know, for you to carry this baby to term, you probably shouldn't work. And she hasn't worked in six years since. And it's kind of just worked out that way. And then, of course, fast forward, we saw COVID happen. And a lot of people <laughs> ended up having to stay at home. And a lot of women didn't go back to the workforce. They much rather stay at home with their children, with their families, and kind of figure it out from there. And um, to be honest, which I've seen the benefits with my children, um, my six and four-year-old, especially my six-year-old, who's already regrouping and doing this multiplication. He can read, write, and um, just seeing how she's been able to put time in with him and be at home and work with him and also trying to catch my daughter up now. It was all for the, for the, for the good, but I really believe it's something that more people should look into, uh, especially with everything that's going on culturally, James. I think parents need to be there. I just don't think we can repeat how we were raised in the 80s with latch keys. It's just too much going on. I think somebody needs to be there parentally advising, you know, really watching the children hands on. That's just my opinion, though. I don't know if you can answer this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, you mentioned your wife. She's she's educated. She has a master's, you said, correct? Correct. Yep. Do you do you think it was harder for her to, to stay home because she had so much education? No, not, I, I wouldn't say it like that. I think it was her idea to begin with to stay home. So it wasn't something now how we went about it. Things happened and that's how we got here. But the goal for her, she brought it to me when we first got married. I never thought about it because I grew up in a home with my mom, college educated as well, master's degree, dad, carpenter. So my mom was a principal. So I grew up seeing a woman in the workforce and actually have a position of authority. Um, So I didn't think of anything of it. But one thing about me and just information in general, that's why being a history major, if you present some to me and it makes sense and then there's some truth behind it, it's hard for me to kind of go against that. So when she started presenting it to me and we talked about it, it just kind of worked out that way. So I think though she does battle at times of wanting to do her own thing, adding some things of value to the family and just things she wants to accomplish and do. But overall, it's something that she she kind of wanted to do, and I'm I'm glad we made the decision. Now, once once the kids get older, like all of them is in school, will she return back to work, or this is what you or this is probably permanent from what you can see? I think she doesn't wouldn't mind returning now, you know, and doing something in a in a certain space that allows her to, like I said, have some some things that she wants to do. Um, I just think it has to make sense for the dynamic of our of our family to kind of like change horses now midstream will be tough on the children because this is all they know. Mm-hmm. Um, children do adapt and you figure things out, but to be like all of a sudden we're going to put them in a daycare, you know, I just don't know how that that works big picture or all of a sudden we're just going to put them in school. Um, it's something we're going to always explore 
and see different options that make sense because different states have different things where even if you're being homeschooled, you could still come in for like computer uh, technology, for example, you could still come in for physical education. You could still play sports, you know, so it's not a completely homeschooled thing, but it's one of those things we're always exploring. The goal is to embark on some different ideas that she has. I know she wants to do some consulting work. I know she wants to do um, some teaching um, as far as developing people and coaching and things of that nature. So it just all has to kind of make sense to kind of answer the question, but I don't think it will ever be a situation where she'll just take a nine to five and just be out the house uh, full time. Um, I just don't ever see that really happening. You know what? I, I you know what? I don't know if I was clear. So you, I, I, I may have misunderstood something. So your kids are 100% homeschool. Is that? Correct? Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been like that since, since day one. And it's just a lot going on. Um, you know, we're in a time where you got the hard liberal left, you got the hard liberal right. And everybody's trying to push different agendas. And I don't know if the children are always at the forefront of what's best for the children, let alone on um, what's best for adults and just certain things we just don't agree with that. We're just not going to actively participate here. And especially living here in Illinois in the Chicagoland area, which is like super liberal. Um, certain things just doesn't line up with our value system. So um, it kind of unfolded that way as things have progressed, especially since we've had this very progressive mayor here in Chicago, where even if we were still living in Chicago, I don't know if I'm just willing to just give them over to the schools like that um, and allow them to be, indoctrinated with certain things. So that's just, that's just us as a family. That's just what works for us. Oh, wow. So, so is the plan to homeschool them all throughout there? I would say for the most part, um, things could change. And, and we always say it like this. Um, we feel like how their foundation is. If I feel like um, I laid a great foundation myself and my wife and my children know who they are now to self, and I don't necessarily have to worry about them being swayed or, you know, they can go in and talk intelligently about certain subjects and meet kind of the foolishness with truth and facts, so to speak, then that's, that's something different. But the environment right now is just to me a lot going on. That's just not conducive to children. And that's a whole nother podcast and discussion, but I would be doing my children. I think a great disservice if I just knowing what I know, allow them to be in a certain environment where you're just indoctrinating my children. I, I don't hate anybody. I love everyone, but I believe children are children and should not be indoctrinated. Children should be allowed to be children and learn things and progress and whatever happens, happens from there going forward. How long is that school day? It's not typical. And that that's the, the, the dirty secret. So like when he was younger, like two or three before, right when my wife was either pregnant with my daughter or right when she had him, she would spend maybe three, 30 minutes a day was in tops. It wasn't something strenuous and crazy. And even nowadays they may spend two hours of work in the morning, three, and then maybe come back and do an hour in the afternoon after lunch and stuff like that. Or it might be a day where, you know, we might have some stuff going on personally, you know, like we had a business, a trucking business, so maybe she didn't do any work with them at all that day. Um, so it just kind of depends, but it doesn't take much, James, like people think. Yeah, you could have a curriculum, like you see a lot of people do who are 
might be a little bit more organized and things of that nature. And their children might be a, a step or two ahead. But like I said, my son is six and he can do second grade work with no problem, you know? So it doesn't take much because at this young age, they're sponges anyway. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions. And I tell people all the time, even if you go and send your child to a daycare, to a school, if you have the energy when you come home or especially on the weekend, if you go and just research some, just some hands-on things yourself to work extra with them, you'll be surprised how much further along your child will even be, even if you're sending them to a traditional school setting. Cause they're, they're sponges. They want to learn, especially like my, my six-year-old uh, Zen is phenomenal. His math is phenomenal. He, you can just draw math problems and he want to sit there and do them all day with no, with no problem. So again, it's all about the environment, you know, and all in what you choose to prioritize. I think it's a lot, it's challenging. Don't get me wrong. My wife makes it look easy, but there is something to be said that at this age, their minds are so impressionable. And again, that's why I said the homeschooling piece and not just sending them to school is important because their minds are impressionable. They don't, they don't know anything. It's a blank slate. You know, you have a, a daughter and just think back to when she was young, just not knowing certain things like the purity, the beauty of that. Like they just, they don't know racism. They don't know hate. You know, they just know that that's another child and I want to go play. You know, it's, it's really, really kind of fascinating when you think about it. Has she ever considered taking on like other kids? Because you, that's like, that could be a means to, you know. She's talked about it. She, we, we've talked about it. Um, I, I don't know if it's something we would want, she would want to do full time like that, but it's definitely been a conversation. It has. Okay. I'm a shift to you and now um, your podcast. First of all, it's, it sounds crazy to say this, but welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we back for, we'll just say for now. We'll say for now um, with the Off the Glass podcast, six years talking basketball. Me and you talked about it offline, but I, wanna, I want the listeners to hear, why did you stop the podcast? For several, for several reasons, um, sports in general, well, let's say this podcasting now, think about it, James, how much has changed since we first met each other? Like how many people want to do it now? Like nobody was doing it on a level like this, you know, as far as as many people, the technology has gotten better, all that kind of stuff. So let's say that But with that being said, sports is so saturated. Basketball is really saturated. So it's almost like being in a room with people and we're all trying to shout as loud as we can to be heard. And you get drowned out a lot by those who might've started a few years before me um, or even the bigger platforms. So it was kind of reaching a point where it was just getting hard, harder and harder in a lot of ways to be heard. Also too, the other part was I didn't like the direction of where a lot of the content is going. Um, so it became kind of annoying having to battle every day with different people, especially on Twitter um, with the hot takes and the trolling and just the disregard and the respect for the game and the love for the game and how it was taught, how people talk about and choose to engage in the content. And then lastly, the support, the support is just not there uh, for blacks or African, you know, whatever you choose to label yourself as African-Americans, blacks, it's not in this space. It just isn't. We don't, we don't support like that. We'll sit there and watch 
first take and all this other stuff just because it's on national TV, but we don't support our own content the same way. And what's interesting, people always tell me how much they love my, my podcast. They love the content. It's contrary to what they see on TV. It's refreshing. And that's not knocking the guys on TV and the late and the women on TV. It's just that the lack of balance, but the support is not there. So it gets to a point where I wasn't just doing this for fun anymore. Initially. Yeah. Year one or two, you start some, you don't know what it's going to lead into. But once I found out I was good at it and I had a passion for it and I started building inroads and making certain type of relationships and landing certain type of interviews and you start building a brand, a product, and you know, you can see on, on screen people who can go check out my content. You'll see my studio looks professional. You want to start to reap the benefits of it. And um, it got to the point where, you know, being in my forties now, I can't just continue to do something like this for fun. I put too much time, too much energy into it but people not to support it at the same level as like my white counterparts, just being honest. There's people with Patreon pages who are able to thrive and survive off their podcast because of the type of support that they get through Patreon. And we don't get that same, same support in this space. We just don't. And I talk to a lot of other black content creators and we're all kind of fighting the same uphill battle of trying to get that support to keep bringing high level content, you know, again, I don't just throw shows together and my shows are really thought out. When you say, when you say support, like what is support, what, how would you define support? Financial. <laughs> you know, I can't go to a, to target and they uh, say, all right, that'll be $50 in likes. Like nobody cares how many likes or, how many downloads to a certain degree you get. It's about what money do you have to spend at Target on your children's clothes or whatever you choose to do. So for me, my it's, it's simple. My Patreon page, I, I just felt like, and what's funny is when Patreon first started, Patreon was not about getting bonus content. It was just a way for you to say, hey, we like what you're doing as a content creator. We support you. I'm going to give you X amount of dollars each month to make sure you keep focusing on this content doing it. Now I've set up mine where basic support for me would be $5 a month. That's 60 bucks for the year or $10 a month for bonus content. I don't think that's, that's crazy like that. And when you really think about the numbers, it's not like you need a, sure, the more people following, the more money you make, but just imagine if you had 2000 loyal subscribers or 5,000, that's a nice bag each month. Mm-hmm. And then you're able to, not worried about having to go work or do other things. You can really bring people the kind of content that you feel like they deserve. So when I say support at this point, and I think that goes across the board with a lot of stuff in black America, we got to start putting our dollars, you know, where our mouth is. It can't all be the same type of content. Everything has its place. And I feel like everything has its lane. So we're going to consume sports and we, we want to have a voice in sports where we can actually control the voice. We see what's going on right now with Kyrie Irving and other people, but we don't want to put the money behind the actual people who do it independently. That's going to give us the voice and talk about things that we want to talk about how we want to talk about them. That's what Kevin Samuels was so big on that. I think people miss with his platform. He wanted to be a voice and allow a voice for others to be for black men to have a black, a certain type of image. That doesn't mean that we can't have love and hip hop. That doesn't mean we can't have other things, but where's the balance, James? And until we start putting money behind it ourselves, 
then I don't, I don't know how things will ever change. And I'm somebody who's always putting money into my businesses or trying to do other things. So I don't always have loose money, like, like maybe some other people, but whenever I have a couple of dollars, I do my best to try to support, whether it's buy a shirt, buy a hoodie, or at the minimum, let's say this, James, it doesn't cost anything to like and share. It doesn't cost anything to subscribe to somebody's YouTube channel. Yeah. You know, all those kind of things matter. But I think ultimately, if you have the extra money and you really rock with a content or content creator, find out how you can support that black content creator the same way that other races get supported. Let me let me ask you, just, and, and I, I want to be fair. Do you feel like you've done a good job promoting your Patreon page? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've done everything short of actually maybe spend money on ads. But like I, I said before, that's not extra money I don't always have, just being honest. I don't always have it. I mean, I have a family to raise. We have other things going on. But I'm somebody that through this podcast game, I don't do nothing half halfway. I, I've studied. I've learned how to use Canva. I've learned how to market and try to do things at this time, what hashtags work, like all that kind of stuff. All that kind of stuff. And I had the statistics, especially on Twitter, sometimes I could share a post with my Patreon page and say, hey, take the time out, go check it out, go do this. And I could see how many people saw it, how many people actually clicked the link, but nobody um, pulled the trigger. And like I said, I, I've had people from all kinds of walks of life, different backgrounds, men and women, people tell me all the time, people I grew up with, how much they love the content, but there's still a disconnect with what, how they choose to support. I'll give you another example. I had an idea of the guy that been cutting my hair. Well, I cut my own hair now because I have a bald head, but now he cuts <laughs> my son hair. And James, I've known him for 15 plus years, easy. Gave him thousands of dollars. If you want to just talk about haircuts. Mm -hmm. I asked him and his brother, hey, I drop an episode every Monday. Do me a favor, play it a couple times out the day in the barbershop or play it a couple times out the week since you guys like the content. How many times you think they done that, James? Yeah. See, and, and I'm at the point now that it makes you kind of upset and kind of bitter a little bit with the process because you're telling me you enjoy it. I could see if nobody was giving me any feedback. I could see if my listening ship hadn't went over up over the years. But if the feedback is you're telling me you like it, then I need you to support me in a way that can keep me going. And I think for some reason with us, I don't know why, it's just a disconnect with us doing that. Unless we're talking about sensational stuff like relationships or celebrities and stuff like that. I, I've seen, you've, you've actually had some high profile guests, right? Yep. And then I've seen you get guests where, there wasn't high profile, mm -hmm. but I've seen, because I'm following you a lot, I've seen them actually grow and I've seen their platform grow. So for you personally, is that frustrating to see that? Very frustrating. It's a, it's a catch 22 because I'm somebody that genuinely likes to see people do well. You know, if I was somebody that chased clout like they do nowadays, you know, when people, post a DM, they might've got some from somebody or film them helping a homeless person. Like I have DMs and stuff like that all the time where people are thanking me and asking me questions. 
and asking for my advice. So I genuinely want to see people win. You know, it's a sister right now. Her name's Natalie. She's a Golden State Warriors fan. And she's recently been added to um, Michael Smith and the other brother, I forget his name, but it's called Brother from Another Mother. And people remember Michael Smith from ESPN. Mm-hmm. But she's been added to their show. And I remember just a year ago, she was asking me for my opinion on her podcast cover. You know, she was starting a podcast and I gave her some advice and we, she asked me questions here and out throughout the year. So I, it's not that I want to see people win, but at the same time, when you work hard, I use the basketball analogy. I want to see the ball go in too. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to be greedy or anything. I want to see people win too. You know, the high profile person that I'll give your podcast, another example um, was Jamal Crawford. You know, one of my best interviews, I feel like nobody um, talked about his time in Chicago where he really was ingrained in the culture and he was playing in our street ball as a rookie, things that was unheard of back then. And probably like a week after that episode came out, he was on Twitter and Twitter spaces. And, you know, I brought him in. He came in because I was in there and shouted me out and all these kind of things. And then I just slowly from there watched how it progressed to where now he's on NBA TV. Now, I'm not saying that's because of me, because they'd be like, well, what kind of arrogant statement is that? But just being honest, if we look at the timeline prior to my podcast, nobody was checking for Jamal Crawford as an analyst. They just wasn't. And after he did my podcast, he started doing different things and me and him would talk here and there. And I would like to think personally that I had a small hand in possibly getting him um, an opportunity. And plus on a, on a side note, I know how it works. Like most people don't realize that these production teams for these major shows, these major networks have interns and other people who job is literally to scatter the internet and find ideas and topics for like Skip and Shannon, for example. Like I know somebody that worked for that show and they told me that like they literally go on people's pages to basically pluck ideas that they can talk about next day. So I know how, I know that side of it as well. So yeah, to, to answer the question full circle, James is definitely bittersweet in a lot of ways. I've seen people I've either been associated with go on to really do great things. And then you're sitting back and you're kind of waiting, like, when is your turn? When you're going to, when you're going to break through as well. I'll say this about the Jamal Crawford thing. I actually listened to the interview. It was a great interview. Um, and I do think there's some validity to what you say. And the reason I'll say that is because it doesn't always have to be the biggest platform. Right. Sometimes it's just, giving that person a platform to speak on. And if, though it may not be big, it doesn't need to be big. It just needs the one right person to hear it. So Correct. if he presents, if he presented it to the right person and they was like, okay, you know what? Wow. Cause you, cause you do a great job of letting your guests speak. And that's in that particular episode, he got a chance to really speak. So yeah, I could I could see I could see that um interview launching him onto something different. Yeah, because he talks really well. He's mm-hmm. very knowledgeable, well spoken, um, which is dope because this is somebody who quote unquote is not like highly educated. He was you could say he was one of the first kind of one and dones when that wasn't even a term because he didn't really play at Michigan. He got suspended. So he didn't play after his freshman, his freshman year, he might have played a couple games, and then he went into the NBA. You know, so, uh, yeah, he 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 was it was presently surprising for me because you never know what you're going to get from these players. The other person that kind of same thing was um, Andre Miller, you know, prior to him coming on my show. He wasn't really doing press. Now he's the G League coach, I believe, for the, the Sacramento affiliate. 
But um, and part of that too is James. I, it's a guy that I follow that I met through Clubhouse, a younger white guy. He has a a show called Forgotten Seasons, his podcast. And um, I know me and him dialogue, and he told me like after watching Jamal Crawford or even watching Andre, it made him want to reach out to go get them to bring them on his platform because his platform is actually supported by Showtime. You know, he's oh. one of their program, one of their platform um, podcasts, but, you know, also with like all the smoke and those guys. So yeah, it kind of, it kind of goes both ways. So I'm not saying it's in a complete negative way, like people are stealing stuff, but also from a positive, people are seeing what they're doing and telling me like, oh, I was inspired by this your conversation you had with Jamal. I had to have him on my platform. So that leads credence to what you're saying, how somebody saw that and now they want to go to have them on their platform, which is bigger than mine and how the, the moment, momentum kind of snowballs and goes down the hill. Next thing you know, like I said, now he's on NBA TV and on TNT. And, and see, here's another thing. Like this is, this is not to disrespect either one of our work, but when you don't, when the, when a person is, when they, when they do a podcast with you or me or someone that's like a, you know, on a smaller platform, they're probably more relaxed because it's not like they're probably like, okay, well, there's not, there's not a major podcast. I could kind of just, I could not kind of, they can be themselves. They could just relax and be themselves. And with them doing that, the listeners get a totally different perspective because I'm going to be honest. I, I'm not going to say I didn't like Jamal Crawford, but when I listened to the podcast that you did with him, it gave me a totally different perspective of him because I never, because when you, when he was talking, you know, you, you visualizing these stories of him going in the hood and from Chicago, cause he from Seattle. Right. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you, he all the way on the West coast, but he, but he's in tune with Chicago basketball. Then he gets drafted and he, and you know, he's playing, you know, in these street leagues. So, you could you get a chance to see the humility he has. So yep. yeah, it, it was it was a really good interview. And anybody that's listening to this episode, I really encourage you to go and listen to it because it it was a good episode. Thank you, thank you. And like make it dope that tournament where I found the f- footage, and that was something by happenstance, James. I happened to just be on YouTube late one night, and the footage popped into my search. And I started looking. I'm like, that's Jamal Crawford. I didn't know he playing the Ickies. Now, the projects have been torn down, but he's literally playing in the middle of the, like, you park your car on State Street. Those are those familiar with Chicago. You have to walk into the projects to play, like, the court's in the middle. And I'm like, I didn't know this. So I just reached out to him on Twitter, like, hey, I found this. I would love to have you on the show to talk about it. And he was like, yo, send me the, the footage. Like, I just DM'd him on Twitter. And I sent him the footage. And I think like the next day he wrote me back, hey, well, you want to do it? Let's do it. So I, it was just one of those things where I tell people that's a tip in podcasting. You just never know what you may be watching or who you might want to interview. You'd be surprised if you just reach out to them and you give them a topic idea that nobody else has asked them. They might agree to do your show because nobody else has asked. Like, And he gave me a story like nobody told. He never told that story before. And then the fact that I had a personal interaction with him at 19 that he actually remembered ESPN zone from back in the day. It kind of helps as well. So I think that's the difference too with platforms like us, James is I think we do a little bit better on the journalism side 
of researching our guests and maybe asking them questions that nobody else is thinking to ask them and almost making them seem human and mm -hmm. humanizing them. And then you can have a conversation where y'all feel like y'all didn't grow up together. So after the podcast is over with, I'm sitting there on the phone through Zoom talking to him for about like another 20 to 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. I haven't really talked to him since, but that's what I'm saying. It's one of those things where if you take your craft seriously a certain way, you might build a connection. Because I like to think if I saw him in person and say, hey, I'm Zach, I finally get to meet you. He'll probably be a great interaction if I saw him in person because he had a great interaction with me on my podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he would. Let's let's talk about because we talk off like me and you. We talk not all the time, but we had some. Yeah, we touch in. Yeah, touch base with each other. Yep. You you've always said that you wanted to pivot to something else, like totally away from sports. But let me ask you: Do you feel like because not only do you do sports, like let's just I'm I'm a, I'm gonna tell you, you have an excellent platform, like. I, 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 the people that listen to it, I hope they understand like how much time and how much research you put into your platform. It's really, it's really um, admirable. But what my point is because you're so knowledgeable about sports and that's the realm you always in, do you think people box you in from doing something different? Yeah. Yeah. Because when I, float the idea to a couple other people and be like, nah, you got to keep doing it. You got to do this. And I'm like, first of all, how many black guys do you know who has the experience of growing up in the hood, two parent household, professional basketball player, college athlete, traveled the world a little bit because of basketball, then spent five years as a police officer on the far East side of Chicago has those experiences coached, trained. Like I have so much experience that I'm thankful for James, that it's almost like I'm doing myself a disservice just to only talk about basketball. And to be honest with you, it's getting to the point where I don't necessarily have to watch a bunch of games to talk about the game on a high level. I just don't, I, I, I know how to do it now. And with so much going on in the country, I feel like the country needs a voice like mine as well. Um, I don't think it just needs me talking about basketball. I think it needs me to weigh in on politics, weigh in on the Kyrie, Kanye saga, weigh in on religion, weigh in on marriage. Um, we've been married 11 years now. Um, weigh in on manhood. You know, I just, it's so many other things. So I always... I don't want to shorten myself. And to be honest with you, my wife thinks I'm, I'm selling myself thin. Like she wants me to stop doing <laughs> the basketball podcast like yesterday and just focus on doing something else. I mean, I actually have a title for it. The, if I do switch, it'll be called the Z show, which is just my name. But um, that's why James, because I just really feel like it'll be a disservice not to share all the knowledge and experiences that I've had over the years, which is a unique perspective. Not too many guys white or black can say that they've done all those different things and done a lot of things at a high level. I've been fortunate enough to do a lot of things. And I don't take it for granted. So why not share that as well? It could help people in a lot of ways. Cause usually when I'm giving people advice, we're not, it's not like somebody's son. I mean, father is calling me or DM me to always talk about their son or their daughter basketball. A lot of times, James, it'd be life stuff. 
I've been giving people security information, like how to, you know, maneuver if you're somebody that believes in carrying a weapon, because I still have a conceal and carry, um, giving people a little health advice. Now, I'm not a, a doctor or anything. I always tell people, check with your own physician. But people are always asking me, James, for different types of advice, and I'm always imparting wisdom. So why not do that in a podcast form? It just makes sense to me. Okay. Well, my question is, what's stopping you? <laughs> Nothing's stopping me. Um, well, this year, I, I when I did come back, I made a concerted effort to try to reach out to some people that I know and get some really good sponsorships. So I'm waiting to hear back from one person. But even with that being said, I think when we, me and him have another conversation, I'm going to say, hey, we'll do this this year because you guys put your dollars and your money behind it to become a a name sponsor of the show, but going into next year, I'm letting you know I'm going to be doing this, and I kind of want you guys to still be a part of it. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I'm supposed to talk to him actually this coming week, see what decision his company made, because I was looking for somebody to be name rights for the podcast and actually use the money, not so much to put money in my pocket personally, but to really have an advertising budget and lay out some advertising campaigns to kind of get more eyes to the podcast and get more people under the 10 go there. And then also um, work on some freelance consulting work with podcasts and put my foot in the ring to do more production work for people, uh, contract my services out because I actually like the production side as well. Um, so it's gotten to the point where I can do social media content as well as the actual podcast and video content as well. So if people go to my YouTube and see my videos, you can see the kind of shows that, given time that I can put together, you know, again, the Jamal Crawford piece, if you go check that out, that's like a real almost episode show with the highlights and different things that I have in there. So that's the plan, James, we'll see, but that's why we haven't just jumped completely into that because I kind of want to see if this make this last go of it to see if this can really bring in some money. But if it doesn't in the next couple months, then we'll start transitioning into the Z show and start doing some other things and, the off the glass podcast would be no more. <sighs> <laughs> so it's it's okay. I'm I'm torn, right? Let me uh -huh. tell you, why I'm torn because it's nothing like seeing a person pursue their passion, mm -hmm. even if the support is not there. I'll say this about my podcast. Um. Do I get the support I want? No, I don't. But I do get some support, and I'm grateful for the support I do get. And I remember somebody asked me, um, well, how long How long do you plan on doing a podcast? And I was like, probably until I die. <laughs> because, it's some, because when there's something you enjoy, like when you're passionate about it, like I love talking with people, I love helping people. Like those are the two biggest things that I really love to do. And my podcast gives me the opportunity to do that. What I, I can, I can honestly say the reason I could, I personally could be the reason I'm not where I want to be financially with the podcast because I haven't done, I share it. Yes. I wish, do I wish other people shared it more? Of course. But Everything starts with you. 
And I can say personally, I, I have not exhausted all my ideas, all my ways to to try to um find like actually to have the podcast make money. I haven't done everything I'm supposed to do. I'm I'm making more of a concerted effort now because I'm getting because like I'm actually older than you. I'm getting older. But when you see people with these Patreon pages making tens of thousands of dollars a month. Mm-hmm. The money is there. Mm-hmm. It just am I, you know, am I providing, am I doing the things that make them spend money? Because I I've never subscribed to the theory that um people say black people don't support. I've never subscribed to that theory and probably never will. Not probably never will. I never will. And I know I get a lot of pushback on that. And I'm fine with that. But the reason I'm fine with it is because there's too many businesses, too many Black-owned businesses that started from nothing. And then we see them turn into something gigantic. And we know it wasn't because of nobody else but us. So that's why I can never have that philosophy. I will say this, though. I I agree. I'm not going to say it in totality like that. But I think it is harder... And I think we as a people, sometimes we don't support like new things. Like it has to be, somebody has to come to the table with you that's famous or some has a name to kind of say, yeah, this is actually cool. We should kind of put our money behind it. And everybody's like, okay, yeah, let's do that. Where with white folks, I've seen it. It's just not the same. And they're, they're able to support things broadly and in every different kind of field and avenue, whereas we don't necessarily do that, James. I think that's the difference. Like, I don't know a black guy that can do a podcast like Ben Taylor, who's one of the best analytical basketball podcasts. And believe it or not, my most listened to podcast. And if he walked in the room or if I put his picture up right now, people would be like, who is that? You wouldn't even know who that is. And most people probably don't even know who it is that listen to your podcast. I just said his name. But his Patreon is huge. And I argue, well, well, how many Black people can do that type of podcast and still get the support? And the question is, because I've seen people try to do it, is, is none. And I don't think we should take it as a bad thing to say, well, Black people just don't support. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is I'm, all, I'm speaking on it from my perspective as somebody that goes through this to offer a challenge that if we say we want to change or we want certain things, then we're going to have to be uncomfortable and be willing to support probably things we wouldn't have thought of supporting in the past or newer ideas. Now, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But we can't say it doesn't work when we haven't even tried to reach outside of our comfort zone and really support it. And that's that's all I'm saying, because we don't have problems supporting health products. Um, I mean, beauty products, whether it's for your hair, or your skin or, you know, how many clothing lines do we have now? Right. But but (laughs) when it comes to other products and other lanes, if we say we want black voices and black people in those spaces, then we got to be able to support those as well. Can't just be restaurants, beauty supply stuff and and clothing lines like it just can't be that. It has to be everything encompassing of a culture can't just be a couple different things. That's that's the disconnect to me that I see in comparison to like other races and other groups when it comes to support. You just do. Just okay. Do. Let me let me let me counter with this. 
because you mentioned restaurants, beauty supply stores, and what well, else? Did you like mention? you know, not beauty supply stores, but like you know, I support a sister named Territory. Um, her soaps, which is actually now in Macy's now. So to see her blow up, that's dope. So okay. I'm talking about stuff like that. You know, those kind of products. We okay. support heck out of those. So okay. <laughs> Here's here's what here's what I feel the challenge is for me, you, mm-hmm. anybody else who creates content. Those those fields you mentioned, those people you mentioned, when you give them a, when you give them money, they provide a service or a, or product, right? Mm-hmm. That that they can put in their hands, they can use, and it's beneficial to them. I'm not saying our podcasts are not beneficial to them, but what we provide, they can't put it in their hands. They can't yep. use it. They can't, yep. you know what I'm saying? I agree. So it's up to us to figure out, okay, why, why are you donating to my Patreon page? It can't just be to support me. That's good. That is good. But there has to be more, and I don't. I don't know if that's a race thing. I don't know. I'm. I, I'm not white. I'm not uh, any other race but black. But I do know with just humans in general, when you give money, you just want something back. And it, even if it's content, like you have now, listen, the people who a lot of people who make that a, a lot of money on Patreon and other things, they were famous at one point. And then their fame allowed them to carry over to Patreon, OnlyFans, or whatever they, whatever. Mm, I'm going to offer a little bit of pushback. Not like you think. Like I said, I I just named one guy that I'm pretty sure your listeners never heard of, unless you're in that basketball space. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I, I get what you're saying, but I'm telling you, it's way more when it comes to other races of people who aren't famous who are famous in the podcasting world now, but who aren't famous, like the way we will say it, like mm-hmm. not Joe Rogan famous, for example. Right, 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 right. That do well. Right, and, I, and, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not, let's be clear, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing with that. But even you yourself said, you have a family, you have things that you that you're obligated to do. That's not just you. That's pretty much everybody. So with that mindset, you really have to be special. And I'm not saying neither one of us are not, because I'm going to tell you straight up. I do believe you're that special. That's why I personally do donate to your Patreon, because Mm -hmm. you are that special. Thank you. There's just like you have to be like there's 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 going to be a crowd and then there's going to be people that stand out from the crowd. Now, I think you can actually go into another field, but that's another whole conversation. But in the basketball field, I really do feel like you stand out above the crowd because you do your research. You put a lot of production into your podcast. You treat it like a real podcast. Like, I'll be I'll be honest. The production that I do compared to what most people do is pretty much nothing. But that's one. But but that's that's. I'm not gonna say this is by design. It's just what I do. Like my right. my podcast is focused 
heavy on conversation. So I'm not big on production and all that stuff. I'm big on making sure that the conversation is genuine and that it's flowing and the, and the listeners are taking in what we're saying. So that's what I'm big on. No, I mean, that that makes perfect sense. Um, I think we we both kind of saying the same things, just a mm-hmm. little bit differently. I just challenge people to just give something a chance. And if you really rock with something, ask yourself, what am I, how am I really supporting that person? And then with people like us, I, I do agree, because I do understand that usually in business, they tell you if you want to do well, you have to either pres- solve a problem or present a product that can solve that problem or a combination of both, and you'll do well. The problem is when you're just talking about speaking with a show, you're not necessarily maybe solving a problem per se, right? It's just mainly at the end of the day, kind of entertainment. Mm-hmm. So my pitch will always be, well, one thing you know from me is you're gonna get consistency. You know, when you wake up bar unless I was sick or something, you're gonna have an episode every Monday. So it should be one of those things like, and I have people that tell me that, you know, I can't wait to hear what you got to say this coming Monday. Like I'm looking forward to Monday. And that's what I'm giving you. Like I'm giving you value in a subject that you have interest in that, you know, for 20 to 30 minutes each week, Zach is going to give me this, this, and this, and I'm going to feel fulfilled. I think that's what we should be pushing. That's what we're doing. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I just think with anything is getting eyes to kind of see it because that's just how people are. That's why people spend so much money on advertising. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you could have a great thing. You could be sitting on something, but for whatever reason, people are just not seeing it. But then you put the right advertising dollars behind it. Now everybody can see it. And then as they say, the rest is history. You know, we see that in music, for example, since the history of music, sometimes certain people get where they are just because they put a marketing budget behind them. And some people don't because they don't have a marketing but, you know, so it's that that's all I'm saying is I just want to be able to push the culture from that standpoint that there's a lot of talented brothers and sisters in the podcasting world. I will also say I believe it's saturated, too. There's a lot of bad podcasts now <laughs> from famous people, too. So you got to kind of fight that, you know, no disrespect to anybody. I just don't feel like all of us are meant to do <laughs> do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have our own strengths and I put myself in that myself in that podcasting space. Everybody not meant to podcast. But with that being said, if you see somebody doing consistent good work, find out how you can really get beside behind that person, aside from just sharing it and support that person. Because I, I really believe at the end of the day, whether it's me or somebody else, that's if you're doing good work, we need that balance right now. Because everything is so toxic in a lot of ways right now. We need that balance. We need a James Lampkin podcast. We need the off the glass podcast. We need that kind of balance again to kind of come back. So we're not being consumed by the same negativity all the time or the same points of view all the time. We need more balance, especially people who are doing it at a high level. I'm going to close with this. Considering everything we've talked about, has anything robbed you of your passion of doing the podcast? Um, I would say, like I like I said earlier, sometimes the financial side, and not necessarily wanting to be rich doing this. Like, who doesn't want to be rich? But my whole goal was if 
if I could wake up every day and provide for my my family comfortably doing this and spending time with my family, because that's really at my core who I am. I'm a very boring person. Just give me my family. I'm serious. Just give me my family, my podcast, and a gym to work out in. And I'm good. Like I'm that's all I really need. So for me, it's just the ability to do that. And it gets to the point where you want to accomplish great things. And I'm very competitive, very competitive. I I don't do anything halfway. I just don't. You know, that's why my setup is the way it is. That's why I invested in the mic that I have. You know, that's why I went on eBay to buy the different movie posters you see in my studio. Cause I want to present a certain high level product. And it's like, once you do that, now you want to be compensated for it. And again, like I said, the basketball acronym I used earlier, I want to see example. I want to see the ball go in. I want to see that the hard work is, is paid off. And for me, I'm at the age now where I can't just have so much time on a hobby that's not bringing in money anymore. That time could be better served with my son or with my daughter developing them, not trying to put time into a hobby that is just not there as far as financially. And some people may disagree, you know, teach his own, but that's where I am with it. And that's where the passion for it sometimes is kind of like, uh. and then the last part I mentioned earlier, again, like I said, with the production side of it from these other shows, when you see people taking your ideas and you're seeing it on ESPN in the morning and they're making millions, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow some days. And then you know your personal situation with your finances are different things. You're like, man, if that idea, they can take that idea and they make a whole segment out of it. They make that, well, what can I do with it if I get paid? And then, you know, that from that standpoint can kind of be the thief of joy a little bit. But like I said, I'm here. I'm going to keep pushing. I do enjoy podcasting. I have a passion for it. I love the production side. So I would love to work with those who, you know, have some ideas for podcasts and or need help editing or everything, you know, reach out to me and we could talk price and different things on that level. So I do want to be involved in it, but it just from a business side, James, it has to make sense. It just can't be fun anymore. Listen, man, um, thank you for taking the time to do this. No problem. No problem. Always, James. Always. Like I said, you you was like, we're not going to talk a lot of basketball. I said, cool. (laughs) We always have to talk basketball. Cool. That's what I love about coming on your show. We go back. We talked about a variety of different things when I've been on your shows. So I've always loved the opportunity to come on your platform. Well, let me tell you this before, before I say my farewells. I love having you on. And let me tell you why. One of the things that that I love is the challenge of providing a totally different perspective of someone. So everybody looks at you in this basketball realm, mm-hmm. but I want people to see you totally outside of basketball. So that's why I love having you on because I know how much basketball you know, but I also know how passionate you how passionate you are about other topics. Mm-hmm. And because because you giving me your time and your energy, I'm making sure that I give you the best questions possible, so you can have a so you can show people that you have a great perspective on not just basketball, just life. Just I mean, we talked about you know health and family and things like that, and I want people to see that you're more than basketball. So as much as you love coming on. I love having you on. Thank you. Appreciate it, Jones. Appreciate it. 
Then before we go, please tell the people like how they can follow you and also how they can support you. All right. Uh, pretty much everything on social media is Zach Ramey, my last name. Um, I had the Off the Glass podcast attached to it on Instagram. On Twitter, I believe it's Zach Ramey33. So you can just find me, find me there. Um, if you follow me, my links to everything is on my link tree, but everything is the Off the Glass podcast. So the Patreon page right now is the Off the Glass podcast. The podcast is available on all streaming platforms, major. And of course, the YouTube channel is the Off the Glass podcast. So make sure to support, make sure to subscribe, download, and share. Um, and then be on the lookout. We'll see. Like I said, we'll see how far this goes without the glass podcast um, may continue to keep going. And then we just branch off with this and the Z show or the Z show might just replace it. But either way it goes, if you follow me on social media, I follow you back. We could conversate, go from there. Uh, you will always be up to date as far as what's going on with me and the podcast. All right. Again, man, thank you for taking this time to do this. And I wish you all the best. Uh, selfishly, I do hope the podcast <laughs> continues. And, and I'll be honest, no, I don't listen to every episode, but I listen to enough of it, and I know I know how passionate you are about it. Well, let's be clear with that real quick. I don't listen to every episode you do either. I'm not that. So people understand, it's impossible to listen to right. everybody's episode. <laughs> right. But, you know, the way social media works, if that person put out an episode and it comes across your timeline write a comment and, and like it that keeps it going to the, so the next person can see it. So no, let's, let's be clear. I don't expect people to listen to every single episode. I'm not saying I'm the only person you like right. <laughs> lies. So no, I, I appreciate that. But again, just think of, think of ways and be cognizant of if I, if I really rock with this person, am I doing everything I can to make sure they're being successful? All right. Well, again, man, all the best. And yes, sir. Wishing podcasts go forward, but good. if not, trade it to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm sure. I'm sure that that the um that the Z Show will do great things as well. So we're gonna see. Yes. All right. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to podcasts. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp. My Facebook is also conversations with lamp. I've also launched new episodes on YouTube under Conversations with Lamp, so check those out as well. Again, thank, the podcast is available on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.